we know from experience, from recorded experiences, that if the dream is a message, you will have it a second time, like with Pharaoh. If the dream means to get you to do something, it will get you to do that thing, even if it has to happen three or four or five times. So if you have a dream and you think it's telling you to do something, do what Pharaoh did. Go back to sleep. Welcome to the Ideas That Change the World podcast with Rabbi Manus Friedman, where we make sure your life will be changed for the better, one idea at a time. Rabbi Friedman is the number one voice of clarity on moral and social issues. So what are we waiting for? Let's go change the world. We know from experience, from recorded experiences, that if the dream is a message, you will have it a second time, like with Pharaoh. If the dream means to get you to do something, it will get you to do that thing, even if it has to happen three or four or five times. So if you have a dream and you think it's telling you to do something, do what Pharaoh did. Go back to sleep. If the dream is meant to get you to do something, it will. It will. You don't have to worry about it. In fact, in some uh, holistic medicine writings, we find cures, remedies for dreams that are clairvoyant, which would mean that certain dreams that are predicting the future, that anticipate the future, which are annoying, can be cured with medicine. If it can be cured with medicine, it is not a prophetic dream. Prophecies do not respond to medication. <laughs> In fact, just as there is a mental state where people, while awake, imagine certain connections and certain similarities and symbols in what they see. And they interpret that to be some kind of a message from above, and there are voices speaking to them, and there are symbols being shown to them, and it's simply an irritation of the mind. If that can happen when we're awake, it can certainly happen while we're asleep. So dreams that seem to have all sorts of associations and combinations may simply be a restless sleep because the mind doesn't, doesn't rest, doesn't sleep. You look at the ancient writings, and I've got pages and pages of symbolisms in dreams. Now, some of these are very similar to Freudian interpretation, although they were written eight or 900 years before Freud. The head, the kidneys in a dream, represent the dreamer, the person himself. The shoulders represent the wife and the sisters. The extremities represent children, sons and daughters. The arms, specifically, represent friends, family, servants. The hand itself represents wisdom. So that if you dream about your kidneys, There's a whole thing on metals 
So you have a dream, for example, and you dream that you're going over a cliff in a car. Now here's where dream interpretation becomes complicated. When you dream that you're about to die, it says in the ancient writings that that's a very good sign. Huh? It's a good sign. It's a sign of long life. In fact, we're also told that if a rumor somehow gets started that a certain person died, then you know that that person will live long. So on the one hand, there's, there's the connotation of long life because you're seeing yourself die. And in a dream, it's reversed. If you see yourself die, that means that it's taken care of in the dream, and in real life, you'll live. Same thing with uh, if you see yourself being pursued by an animal, it's a good sign. If you see yourself sick, it's a good sign because it's taken care of in the dream and then you don't have to experience it in real life. In fact, the commentaries say that good people always have bad dreams. Bad people always have good dreams. <laughs> and that's why there's a custom that if someone tells you their dream, you're supposed to say to them, a good dream you saw. And that's for two reasons. First of all, as with Yosef, a dream that doesn't have a specific message means what you interpret it to mean. And so if you interpret it as a good dream, it'll be a good dream. You interpret it as a bad dream, it'll be a bad dream. That's one reason. The other reason is, it doesn't mean you saw a good dream. It means you saw the dream of a good person. And the dream of a good person is always bad. So if it was a bad dream, somebody comes to you had a terrible dream last night, you say, well, that's the dream of a good person. Because good people have bad dreams. And the reason for that is because in the dream, things are reversed. What happens in the dream need not happen in real life. In fact, psychology tells us the same thing. That when you sleep, you can experience in your dream those things that you're afraid to experience while you're awake. And so you get it out of your system, you take care of it in the dream, and then you don't have to worry about it in real life while awake. And the same thing with a bad dream. The good person who has a bad dream and he worries about it, that worry already makes up for whatever else had to happen. For the worry itself, he's already forgiven and his slate is cleaned and that's it. A bad person wakes up, he had a good dream, he feels good about himself, he's in trouble. So there's the inversion of the dream. But, like I started saying, you see a car going over a cliff. So on the one hand, you see yourself about to die. You never actually see yourself die, but about to die, and that's a good sign. But then you have to take into consideration the metal. The car is made out of metal. And then there's a whole list of what kind of metals and what they mean in your dream. Then, if the car falls into water, well, that's a whole other subject now, because water is very symbolic in dreams, and there's a whole chapter on water. If you fall into the water, you come out of the water, you go down, uh, you go down and don't come up, you go down and come up, you see yourself drowning, you're afraid of drowning, the water is cold, all of these things have a meaning. So, if somebody comes along and says, I dreamt that I fell over a cliff in my car into cold water, it's a very complicated interpretation.
You got to figure out what the metal means. You got to figure out what the water means. You got to figure out what the death means, and so on. What is it about dreams in the first place that makes them so fantastic and so fascinating? The soul that keeps us alive and with which we behave during the day is made up of five parts. There are five levels to the soul. There's one part of the soul with which we are in contact all the time. That's called nefesh. Without that, we simply are not alive. <coughs> nefesh. There's another part of the soul with which we function. A person who can't function, but is still alive, his nefesh is active within him, but the other parts of his soul are blocked. They can't get through because the body is not receptive, because the limbs are damaged, the nerves, whatever, God forbid these things happen. And then higher and higher, the different parts of the soul produce different uh, abilities within the person. The higher the soul, the less restricted it is to time and space. So that our nefesh, the nefesh part of our soul, is very limited, and it experiences and is conscious only of its own uh, five senses. That's what gives me an identity. If I experience what you were experiencing in your senses, I would be very confused as to who I am. So because I experience only my senses, I see only what I see and I feel only what I feel and I hear only what I hear, that's why I am me and not you. But the higher we go in these five levels of the soul, the more open-ended they are. So that, for example, a person who is truly a tzaddik, a truly godly person, meaning that the other parts of his soul are active within him on a daily level, on a constant basis, that person does not, in the first place, have the restrictions that most of us have. And therefore, they will have premonitions, and they will have uh, intuition, and they will have clairvoyant uh, visions, and they will simply know what tomorrow is all about and this to them is not surprising unusual or uncomfortable that's the level on which they exist because their soul is active within them without being restricted within them so it's almost like the soul is kind of a um, periscope it can see what our eyes can't see and not only ahead in space, but also ahead in time, because they come together. If all five levels of the soul are available to the person, then he is a prophet, a true prophet. God speaks through him. If there are only four levels of the soul, then he will see visions of prophecy. God sends messages through him. If he has only three parts of the soul, then he may be clairvoyant, he may get glimpses of the future or of the past, but there is no message to the world coming through him, maybe not even to himself. If he has only two parts of the soul, he may see something in his dream. Because when the person goes to sleep, he releases his soul 
from the restrictions of the conscious function. So that when you're sleeping, many things can happen that your conscious mind would not permit when you're awake. And this can be good or it can be bad. For example, the bad stuff. In a dream, you can believe ridiculous things. You know, in your dream, you know that there is no one under your bed. You know it. And you tell yourself, silly. No, no. And yet you are frightened because there is something under your bed. And in your dream, you're talking to yourself and you're saying, no, nah, don't be silly. There's nothing under the bed. And yet your heart is pounding and you're having a nightmare. How can it be that you know there's nothing under the bed and yet you're frightened by that nothing? That's a dream. In a dream, the rules of logic don't apply.